Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Warlord Games official podcast. The podcast that digs into the wonderful games that Warlord puts out for us to play on the tabletop. Now, we have recently been talking through several uh, of the wonderful new releases that Warlord have been putting out for the games that we play. And that is normally the format of this show. However, today we're going to talk about an opportunity for players to play the games. Uh, and we are going to talk about an event. Now, events are wonderful for people who are time poor like myself uh, because it allows us to get guaranteed games. Uh, it, it's a time that we can take the time out from our busy lives, uh, sometimes traveling to different places to meet players who have similar interests and similar passions to us. And it allows us to really you know, meet other people, have a great time, and just really enjoy the games that we love playing. And today we are digging into one of those events and one in particular that isn't just one that you might travel up the road for or one that you might fly across the country for. What we are talking about today, ladies and gentlemen, is a truly international bolt action event that has teams from all over the world. It is an amazing event. And Warlord Games is very excited to be partnering with the club that is running it the South End on Sea Wargaming Group, the SSWG running World Open War event. Joining me today is the TO of that event and the event coordinator from Warlord Games. Gentlemen, welcome. Uh, Russ, we'll start with you as you are the tournament organizer for this huge and exciting event. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much, Brad. Uh, good morning, or should I say good afternoon? Uh, mm -hmm. It's a bit of it's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? I must admit, we need to work on the uh, an acronyms. <laughs> they're they're throwing people all over the place, but uh, but yeah, thanks for inviting me on. It is a real pleasure, and of course, joining us from Warlord itself, the man, the myth, the legend, the man behind all of the awesome events run uh, around the world that Warlord supports. A man who has sent prizes to the events that we run in Australia, and who we always have to thank. Marcus Vine, welcome back to the Warlord cast. How are you, sir? Oh, hi, Brad. Thank you very much for having me. Loving that intro. I need more of those, please. I'm very good. Thank you. Gentlemen, I could read through the player pack, and I'm sure that I would get across the salient points, but let's really dig into the people who created this event. Can you please tell us about the World Open War event and what makes it so original and international an event format. Yeah, I'll, I'll certainly try, Brad. So uh, so we're running it at our club in Southend-on-Sea, which is in Essex in the southeast of England. Uh, it's a team event, so it's the only team event that occurs in the UK. Um, we've been running at the club a team event called Three Good Men for some time now, and that, unsurprisingly, was three, three man teams, and uh, we decided to go global. So we have had international teams visit our clubhouse before to come and play with us at uh, different tournaments. And mm -hmm. we thought we'd formally set up an international event. And it's going to be over two days, six games over two days. We've got a group system, which we think is fairly unique to bold action. And we are really looking forward to hosting and welcoming uh, lots of teams and also the Warlord guys who are coming over to watch and observe. Just to be clear, we are talking about the weekend of the 21st of October. It is a two-day event, 
and it is 1,100 points, maximum 24 order dice, no tank platoons. So, so far we're sounding, but you are talking about three-person teams. Now, for those who have not played in one of the formats that involve multiple players, can you explain how that works? And how did that work with you and Marcus having that amazing video with the online draw? Yeah, should, should I go ahead first, Marcus? And, yeah, uh, by all means, Russ. It's, at the end of the day, you've done all this work going into putting it together. It'd be a shame to not hear you talk about it, mate. <laughs> you've got a nice voice, mate. Just on the three-man team, so what we're going to do is every round, instead of, as with an individual event, where you just play an opponent and you get a win, draw, or a loss, uh, your team will play against another team. So we might have, say, the England team taking on uh, Germany. And you will pick three players. They all match up on different tables. So our tables are prepped. So there's a lot of variation there. So you're playing the table as much as the opponent in some ways. And you try and get a good matchup. Uh, we add all the results together. Uh, three points for a win, uh, one for a draw, zero for a loss. And there's a bonus point if you win the round overall. And uh, we're going to do that three times on day one with four teams in one group each. So very much like a World Cup event in football or a European Cup. Four teams all playing each other once. Every player in that group has to play against someone else every round. And we get our result that way. And that's cool because on day two, depending on who's done well and who hasn't done as well in the in the two groups, you redistribute the groups and have a new pool for the second day. So it's almost like you're playing in a second event that matches how your team went in day one, except on day two. That, that's absolutely right. And that, that's where the mechanic is slightly different. So if you want to win the overall championship, you have to win your group on day one because there are four groups you win your group you go into the winners group on day two um one or two people mentioned well that means if we finish second we're knocked out of the tournament but we've got a plate system so if you come second you go into the second team group you will still be playing for a tournament uh trophy and you'll be playing for ranking for next year as well uh, the benefit i think of that system is means on day two even if you were to lose all three of your games on saturday on day two, you are still in a tournament and you are still playing for a trophy. I was going to ask, is this an event that you are hoping to replicate in future years? And it sounds like that you have grand plans of future planning. We, we do have some hopes, but if it goes very well, we will look to run the event next year and we would have a target of 24 teams instead of 16. So uh, we need to move to a larger location, but we have one in mind already. And then if that went really well, we would look at the potential of 36 teams for 2025. But let's let's get this year done. Let's make sure it works. And yeah. then, uh, then we can look to grow. Now, Marcus, I can understand why Warlord would want to partner with the uh, SSWG to bring this event to players, uh, especially since you guys have partnered successfully with the Grand Tournament earlier this year. Can you talk to us a little bit about how Warlord became part of the uh, event coordination or support for this wonderful event? Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, the Grand Tournament is something that this year and it going forward, we were able to do with the good people over at British Historical Gaming Society who run BritCon. And it was a really good opportunity for us to partner up with them to put the Grand Tournament on in Nottingham. And it was actually at the Grand Tournament, I got talking to Russ 
who I've, you know, worked with on events before and always had a really good time. And he mentioned he had this event brewing and, you know, there wasn't an enormous amount of detail at the time, but he kind of mentioned, I've got this really cool event. It's a team event. It's international. And I think it's going to be absolutely awesome. And so I kind of said to him, that sounds great. I really want to support it. Send me a pitch at some point. And he sent through the pitch and I kind of looked at it and went, actually, there's, there's more to this event than just, yeah, we'll send you the prizes. We'll put you up on our website. And to clarify, there's nothing negative about that at all. We just saw this event as a really good opportunity to take the next step forward, which is looking at this event as something we really want to make part of the calendar perennially because of the vision that's there, because of the people that are coming and because every event I've done with Russ in the past, all of his events I've played at, all of his events I've supported have been absolutely fantastic. So I knew this is in really good hands. And we are talking about teams from around the world. I know that my friends on the Australian team had to pull out, uh, unfortunately. However, uh, I'm hoping that next year the Aussies are there but we are talking from sorts of teams from all over. I know our friends from Scotland are coming down, and I know that is technically part of the United Kingdom. But as a, <laughs> I have a, as I have a Scottish wife, I am continually reminded that that is another country. Shall we, um, Russ, talk about some of the other countries that are attending? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at one point, we did have two Australian teams coming from Perth and from, I believe it was Sydney. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, life happens. Um, both mm. teams are hoping to come next year and they have a year a year uh, to prepare for that. Uh, we're even talking to a team from New Zealand at the moment as well. So that's great. Uh, mm. but, but in terms of who we've got now, uh, yes, we've got Scotland, uh, led by your old club buddy, I believe, uh, Al Unicum. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, Wales being represented and we've got England represented. And then we have uh, Denmark, Spain. Um, we have uh, Germany. We've got the two teams from the United States flying over for the event. We have Switzerland. I think it's their first ever event. And we have Poland sending the team as well. So we have a very good mix of teams coming uh, with a real mix of experience as well. I've got a full list of player names and there are some very good players attending from across Europe and the world. Now we do often on this show and on other shows on the network, when we talk about events, we often talk about tournament organizer intent. Is this a narrative event? Is this a, a beginner friendly, casual style event? Is this a competitive event? And what you are talking about here, when you are talking about some of the you know, really impressive players, we are talking about an event that is intentionally intended for competitive play. That That's absolutely right. Um, my, my club tends to have a reputation for running more narrative events. Um, mm -hmm. Our previous tournament, we are quite strict on thematic pointing. So we want to see lists that look like real platoons, or at least could have been real platoons. But, but for this event, it's... Yeah, all rules are up. So it's very much aimed at the players out there who wish to play competitively, wish to play against the other players across the world who are considered at the top of the game in terms of uh, competitiveness. And yes, so you're quite right. It's not something I would suggest for beginners. Luckily enough, we run events for that as well because I'm a big believer in playing thematically as well. I, I, I don't see why you can't do either or both. 
And just to jump in, that's one of the reasons we were so keen to come on board with this, because obviously the Grand Tournament is a competitive event, but it is also, you know, very much anyone can turn up and, you know, mm-hmm. know they're going to have a good time because it's great people in a great venue. And we support so many thematic events, which we love to see. Mm-hmm. And this was a great opportunity to show the bolt action community and to show kind of the wargaming community that actually there's nothing wrong with playing the game really competitively right down to the wire and with passion, so long as you play with a good attitude and you play fair. And that's something we really think, especially with the SSWG ethos and especially with the players that are coming, is going to be a really good showcase of what I'm sort of calling bolt action at the sharp end, Mm -hmm. where it almost becomes a sport. Tying into that, I could really see that with a lot of the restrictions and guidelines that you've put forward in this player pack and with the the missions you selected for this that really do lean into symmetrical, fair player deployment where both players set up on the tabletop and they have an equal chance of uh, competing to win that game. Would you say that's about right, Russ? Yeah, that's exactly what we're looking for. So if you look at the six missions, uh, we've purposely got two kill point missions, uh, two objective missions, and kind of two movement missions in there. Um, And the the reason for that is we can spread them across the tournament. And it means, hopefully, there won't be too unfavorable a matchup for any particular design of army. The the other reason on the missions that we're trying to get something fairly... uh, standard well standardized is the wrong word something that we we can run on any table is because the the variation in tables are going to be quite significant at the game and players will be picking which table they want to to use against different opponents so it was important to have missions that would work that are as you say symmetrical i think that's a really good description actually brad symmetrical and for those at home who have not necessarily seen the player pack but are wondering what are the missions that you know are still plenty fun to play if you are playing competitively or casually they work both ways um and as an i am an unashamedly casual narrative player but i adore these missions because they are fun and fair and that in my mind leads to fair play um let's list those missions so that if you can look them up and perhaps play yourself we have meeting engagement key positions Timely Objectives, Nuts, which is from the 2020 Bolt Action Alliance Mission Pack. We have the Turkey Shoot Mission and Sectors. Now, several of those are from the rulebook, and you would know that if you were a Bolt Action player and you have you know rolled up a mission, you would recognize many of those names. Uh, Russ, I have to say, I am not familiar with Turkey Shoot. Um, where would people find that mission? Right, yeah, that's actually from our American cousins. Um, they they came out with some missions with the Snafu guys uh, running mm. around their tournaments, and we we went through. So we went through as many of the missions as we could find out there. This was obviously before uh, Bolt Action Alliance released its new pack, which is looking fantastic, uh, and we will probably borrow aggressively from for next year. But but in terms of Turkey Shoot, uh, it's a kill point and objective combined mission. So we have uh, objectives put in in sector areas and you will score by getting on those objectives or by uh, destroying enemy dice. So um, it is out there. I think you can find it online. Or 
if you go to my club website, which is sswg.co.uk, we have a link to all six missions so people can go and see the missions and how we're going to play them. Uh, our pack for the event is an online pack. So we haven't printed it off and sent it around. It's actually a live online pack for people to look at. And the missions tied directly to the tables. Now, you did mention before um, that terrain was going to be varied on the tables to ensure that players got to play on tables with different terrain density so that it would not necessarily lean into one army design rather than another. Um, could you talk to us a little bit about how the terrain will work? Because it is your intent that players will not repeat table play on day one, 100%, and probably on day two. Could you talk more about how terrain plays into this, given that competition is and fair play is a focus for this event? Oh, absolutely. Um, so, so we've set out from day one that the armies or the, the teams of three should really try to consider different types of army that work on different types of terrain because um, we will have a mix of jungle boards, desert boards, city boards, country boards, a couple of thematic boards such as airfields or prisoner of war bases. Um, we're very fortunate in that because the clubhouse is uh, permanently leased, so it's not a clubhouse we use once a week, it's there 24-7, we have an awful lot of storage for terrain and we have an awful lot of members who are happy to go away and make terrain. So we're going to make best use of that uh, by dressing the tables. The, the other thing that will be slightly different with our tables is we do use the line of sight rules almost religiously at the club, mm -hmm. but they're in the book. So if you can see it, you can fire at it um, unless it's through dense terrain. Mm -hmm. And as a result, some of the boards have curvatures built into them. So uh, you can fire from elevation on a hillside, and that is less common in tournaments. Most tournaments seem to play on a, kind of almost a 2D board. So uh, it's a key feature of this tournament, and it's USP if you want. The thing that makes it different is probably going to be those tables. Brilliant. Brilliant. And just, and just to kind of add on to that, when Ross came to me and said, we're doing this event, just because I've been to the, the SSWG Clubhouse several times, and every time I am blown away by the quality of tables and the variety of tables. So when he says to me, oh, we're doing this event, I knew it was going to be on some absolutely fantastic boards. But one of the things I really liked was the aspect of the teams picking their matchups based on table and player. I think it really adds a tactical element to the pregame sequence. And it means that good captaincy becomes absolutely vital as well as, you know, being a good player and having a strong list. So putting people in the right situations for them to get wins and having good matchups. I'm a huge sports nerd and I absolutely love all of that dynamic of sports. So when mm -hmm. that comes into bolt action, it's dream come true. I'm so glad you mentioned that captain choice and the rounds are an integral part of this event. Can you explain that process for those who have not played in team events? where the terrain and picking your army versus your opponent's army, given that no team can repeat the same national rule. So you can't have two German armies or you couldn't have a team of three British players for this event. How does army selection and terrain tie into that captaincy that you were talking about? 
Well, what we're going to do is uh, we, we have 24 tables at the event and they are broken into groups of three because you need three tables per round per team matchup. So the three tables that will be presented to the two uh, teams will be very different to each other. We will roll off. Uh, the captain that wins the roll off will pick one of his armies and he gets to pick the table he wants that army to play on. So he will pick the table that suits him. So I don't know, maybe if he's got a close combat army, he'll be staring at the jungle tables or the city tables. If he's got lots of uh, long range weaponry, he'll be looking at something a bit more open, probably. He goes and picks that table. The opponent captain will then decide which army is going to take that one on. Second round, we reverse. So the captain who lost the roll off picks his table and the opponent matches up to the army on that table. And then the, the last two teams left will play on the third table. So it's important the captains think about all three tables and not just the first one they're going to race and dive their army onto. We are going beyond the missions as written um, because one of the ways the teams can win on these uh, tables in these battles is through the use of secondary objectives. Now, I'm familiar with this from you. It, it happens to appear in a lot of UK events that I'm aware of. Megatron 3000, our friend Alistair, who we mentioned earlier, runs that every year. And I know that he uses that and we use that format in events down in Australia a couple of times this year. And we um, did use secondary objectives as well, but it was new to us. Could you explain how secondaries work because they're not part of the mission write-up for at least four or five of the missions that you laid out. And it makes a big difference as to how someone could possibly win that game. Yeah, sure, no problem. Uh, the, the secondaries are primarily there, so there is a, a focus for the game, particularly in kill point missions. So as well as looking to win the game, there will be an objective that if you can capture it at the end of the game, it will be used in tiebreakers for group matches and for the overall tournament. So picking up objectives when and where you can gives you the opportunity of winning tiebreakers. A lot of other tournaments, um, and I think you mentioned a couple of them there, will actually score victory points on objectives. And the reason they do that is even if you're having a bad day at the office and uh, you're not winning the game on the table, there's always a reason to keep fighting because maybe you can grab an objective and say so you lost the game, but at least you still got a win point from that game so that that's why clubs tend to use them as we are talking about this event it really does you know bring home the idea that we are bringing players from around the world together to enjoy the game of bolt action and sure it's all well and good to sit down and play a game and people will be doing a lot of that but one of the best experiences from my point of view when i go to events often happens after the games it happens between the games it's seeing friends you haven't seen in a while particularly if you're traveling as people will be for this to see players that you've seen at previous events or that you've talked to online and to share a meal get together have a chat and i love how dinner team dinner is part of how this event is written up so on the saturday night everyone gets together for a nice dinner there's a there are lunches for the players provided so that no one has to run off and try and find food. Everything's there. So it maximizes the time that players can spend together to talk about the games that they're enjoying and really build up that event camaraderie. Is that what you were envisioning when you put this together? 
Oh, absolutely. I, I agree with you. I, a lot of the tournaments I go to, I, I'm more interested in round four <laughs> from 7pm when you meet up with friends and you go to the bar or the pub or whatever. And, and what we've done is we've, we've got a restaurant um, that we have booked for Saturday, which is their busiest night, but we've managed to book it uh, exclusively for ourselves. And there, there will be an opportunity for all these guys to come along. We're expecting about 50 people there because we've got referees as well as players coming along. Uh, a couple of wives are attending for because some of our teams have traveled a long way and uh, i know they're turning this into a bit of a family holiday and uh mm -hmm. they're gonna have the opportunity to spend time with war gamers well, what more could you want to do on a saturday night hey? <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly time with war gamers but uh but yeah I, I completely agree with you lots of the players know each other uh many of them don't so it's an opportunity as you say to actually meet people who maybe you've spoken to or heard on podcasts and to you know shoot the breeze Marcus, the award ceremony at the end of this, um, as a warlord sponsored slash uh, partner event, I'm assuming there are going to be some wonderful goodies handed out at this event, especially since there's going to be two prize pools. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the prize support for this is currently a massive big dream list on my desk um, that needs inputting onto our systems and making into a reality. But it is looking like, um, let's just say GT levels of support in terms of goodies and prizes. And anyone that was at the grand tournament, that prize table was looking a little bit creaky by the time we'd finished laying it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there, there is a special trophy being made and painted, especially for this event. Um, so it's uh, the same format as the GT trophy, but it obviously won't look exactly the same. So there is some a fairly serious chunk of resin silverware to play for for the overall winners, but also plenty of prizes for the other groups as well. Um, it's one of it's one of those where I'm a big fan of things like Best Painted and the Wooden Spoon and Best Sportsman especially yes. being prizes that are up there with the winner's prize. If we wanted more information about this event, if you've been listening to this and you think, wow, I really want to know more about this, um, you can go to SSWG dot co dot uk and the player pack is literally the front page however there is more information in other places russ we'll start with you where would people who would be interested in perhaps joining you the following year or wanting to replicate perhaps an event like this at their local club where would they find more information oh well uh if if you go to the website you'll see there's some contact details for me uh, so you can get hold of me that way. And in fact, we've got a, a guy from Denmark, uh, sorry, from Holland, who's coming over uh, to basically as a observer to, to uh, they, they are running an event next year and they, they're going to participate this year with our TO and referee group to see how we run it and what we're doing with it to help them replicate it. And we do have several other teams that have contacted me already about next year. So just go to the website. Uh, or go on to Facebook and you'll find me lurking on bold action <laughs> uh, groups and uh, just send me a message. And I'm, I'm very happy to get in touch with you and help you arrange for anything you'd like to do. And Marcus, if folks want to find out more about this through Warlord, you guys have been sharing it through the other socials besides the obvious podcast that you're listening to, right? Yeah, absolutely. So because, as I mentioned, I want to come back to treating this a little bit like a sporting event. Because for me, you know, it's a great group of people, some very strong players. And people have come from literally all over the world for this. And I kind of want to make them appreciate how special that is. So 
We're going to be covering it live on the day as well on socials. And that is going to be things like interviews with captains, um, you know, pre-game, post-game. It's going to be sort of asking people, how do you think that game went? How did that go? What are the challenges like? What's your, uh, what's your game plan going forward? Just to give people that experience of being at the tournament, even if they can't be there, and for making the guys that are coming down to play feel a little bit like rock stars, because they absolutely are. Um, but that's going to be on our social media. It's also on our community site. Um, if you're not signed up to the Warlord Games newsletter, absolutely do that. There's a sign-up link on the main website. So there's going to be articles coming up in the next few weeks with things like a couple of list breakdowns, looking at some of the uh, some of the interesting lists we're seeing, some of the strong lists, and maybe some of the lists that are a bit quirky. And there's going to be things like predictions. There's an article going out on Friday, which will already be out by the time this podcast airs. And that is the initial, it's very much saying what we've said here, explaining how the, the system's going to work. And it's got the draw, the group as well, um, the group chart, and it's got the draw video linked so that people can see how it came about and how it's going to go down on the day. So we're really excited for this one. You, as I said before, are the event coordinator for Warlord Games. Now, you support events of all sizes, and Warlord does have a program to support events literally of any size, from small events with a few players to massive events like this one. Um, can you talk to us about if someone's thinking, you know what, I would like to run an event, how can they reach out to Warlord to talk about how Warlord partners with people to help support uh, up-and-coming events and massive events world round. Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I want to say is you're absolutely right. We will support events from the small to the large. The only the, the, Our minimum is eight players because that's what we find to be the smallest an event can be. Mm -hmm. But eight players all the way up to as many players as you can possibly get, we will very happily support. And it doesn't need to be oh, it's only competitive events, or oh, it's only themed events. If you're putting an event on, we love what you're doing and we want to support it because we firmly believe the right way to play Bolt Action is the way that you and your mates enjoy the most, whatever that might be. So to get in touch with us, just drop an email to our customer service team at info at warlordgames.com. That's I-N-F-O at warlordgames.com. And just put something in the subject title like, I'd like to run an event or event support request or help. I'm running an event in two weeks and I don't know what to do. Anything like that. What will happen is it will get forwarded to me and then I will have a conversation with you. It's a very short conversation. Normally it's very much asking, Hey, you know, so what are you doing? Give me some details on the events. How many people um, are coming? And then based on that, we have a system of prize support, which is a very simple tiered system. The more players you have, the more goodies we send. We have a little conversation back and forth on what you'd like, and we send it all out for you. All we ask in return is that when the event's done, you send us loads of lovely pictures of people having fun that we can use for our socials and a little write-up of how it went, you know, who won, were there any great moments, that sort of thing. And we will make a big noise about it on our social media. It'll be on our events website for people to see. And it's very much showing off the game and appreciating what everyone in the community does um, through this shared love for war games. And that's not just bolt action either. We've supported events for pretty much everything from things like epic battles, black powder, 
Black Seas, which I didn't think was a tournament game, but it turns out there are some people that like playing that competitively, which is awesome. Blood Red mm -hmm. Skies, Conflict 47. If you're playing one of our games and putting an event on, speak to us because we want to help. I highly encourage people to do so. I have done so many times with Warlord over the years, and I have to say the new support program is absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much, Marcus. Thank you. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I know that you do have to run, but we did want to make sure that we got the word out about this special event. And as Marcus says, it, there will be coverage on the Warlord's social media page as the event goes on, so you can follow along at home and get really excited. And I'm sure there'll be more discussions about it post-event uh, on the Warlord Games website. And depending on how you guys uh, feel at home, if you want to hear more about it on the show, please let us know. And perhaps we can talk to the winning team or we can have Russ back to talk about how it went. Russ, thank you so much for making the time in your busy morning. I know what it's like to go in uh, prior to teaching and to have a, uh, a discussion about war games. We do appreciate you taking the time, brother. It's been a pleasure. It's really nice talking to you, Brad. And Marcus, it's always a pleasure. Please come back onto the Warlord Games podcast soon. Anytime. Thank you very much, Brad. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, thank you very much for listening. And thank you for enjoying Warlord Games. Good night.